and we are live uh welcome everyone to the first ever episode of the rip raw and reds podcast my name is Grevs, and i'm joined by my co-host jace jace how are we doing this evening yeah mate good good living on the on the rice rice baby train how are you doing yeah i'm excited yesterday was it was novel actually on a saturday to be given uh, uh an announcement because i'm sure we're, we're a friday team through and through i'm sure it's always fridays for our announcement timber was on friday so i just didn't expect it i think it's a it's the lawyers it's all the lawyers fault right it's the lawyers yeah i mean it was it's probably the longest transfer saga that i can recall so certainly to get that out the door and done and dusted is is a, a sigh of relief for me for sure did you live right did yeah, did you live through higuain True, although I mean, I've lived through a couple of those different. Uh, was it Yamvia? That's another one that always rears its head every single transfer window. That never in Zonzi, in Zonzi, yeah, there's been a few of those, right? Before we get into the big, the big subjects of the day, gonna whack on uh, the introduction music and then we'll get straight back into it. Saka. This, this is my club. Fucking love this club. Right, as I said, welcome everyone. My name is Grev. Um, as always, when we start our, our episodes, we're going to start with what is known as the Rip Roaring Review. So the Rip Roaring Review is effectively, as the title says, it's a review of kind of what's going on in your world in the Arsenal sphere. What is your bold uh, statement? What is the big news that's coming your way? We've got a few other subjects to talk about, Jason. Maybe let's try something a little bit different, but it's up to you. You're going to be first. Where are you going to go with your Rip Roaring Review? Well, I, a standout one for me, it was Ethan Wanieri. Uh I think, I think, based on watching one preseason game, he's going to be big for us. Uh, he has strength, skill, good touch. We all saw the turn that he did, uh, which I think has had a lot of press. Uh, but there's some of the balls he were playing as well. Um, he just looks like a real promising talent. And in the moment, I think he looks better than someone like Fabio Vieira. Uh, I really want Fabio to be good for us, but he 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 needs to kick on from last season. And if you've got someone who's got a bit more strength, which is what we need in the Premier League, and I can see him getting some minutes. Uh, if he especially if he keeps playing like Harry was, so yeah, that's me. Well, I, 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 I did, I did see, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's not it's not. I've seen a lot of comments in a similar vein to what you just said, but I think I did see. I'm not too sure he's struggling with the uh, with the United States there at all. Is he sure not? He missed off. No, I, I think he was missed off. I'm pretty sure only one of the is it uh, oh, Coisbury. Some... I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Um, but he, he he's the only youth youth player that we've got on the uh, on the plane. So a few of them. Oh, oh that's that's surprising. Um, uh, someone I someone said on Twitter. I, I must admit I've not checked it. I should have done. But Reese Nelson was not on the plane either. Well, there's a, there's a few different omissions. I suppose when we get through to later, maybe we can go into some of that because it might. Uh, Maybe give away some secrets as to what what business we might be doing in the window. Well, we wouldn't sign Reese Nelson to a contract and then sell him. No, true, true. Maybe it must be an injury maybe. for him. Or maybe, maybe, maybe we wanted to increase his value. Maybe we will. <laughs> time down, time down. Uh, so it's a, a very good review there, uh, Jason. I think somewhere that, that certainly I wasn't planning on going. So I think that's a really, really good structured point. I think for me, my review currently on the on the back of a, a, a pretty substantial week for us as a club. Um, for me, I think the biggest thing that stands out is we're just building a lot of flexibility into our team right now and a lot of fluidity into our team. I think if you look back at last year, uh, we were quite predictable and we, we didn't really become unpredictable until we got injuries, until something changed and we had to kind of really change that starting 11. We didn't really rotate. We didn't really kind of throw different curveballs at different lineups. And I think that the type of players, you know, these, these players that we're signing can just play in so many positions. Um, I know that's what Arteta likes. He likes uh, dynamic. He likes kind of um, fluidity in his in his players that can play right back, centre back, the um 
But I, I yeah. honestly believe that that's kind of uh, what he's doing on purpose. When we go to games, you're not going to necessarily know how we're going to set up. Like last year, we were really obvious. Our starting 11, all of us could pretty much write it. I think if you ask any of us right now to write what you think our starting 11 would be on the first game of the season, I think you struggle. I have an idea. There are some that are guaranteed. I have, a, there are I have an idea, but I mean, I think the big thing. I do agree with you, and I could pr- I could take a guess, but you're right. I wouldn't be certain. I think the the interesting thing is whether you play back four or back three, because um, bringing in Timber, having Saliba, uh, having Gabriel Kivior, uh means you could play a solid back three. Ben White again, back three. But then if you've got Tommy Asu, if you've got Zimmy, if you've still got Tierney, are you playing a back four with more I mean, well, you want with with players that are gonna step into the midfield. That's gonna be hard for any team, I guess, to try and plan how to play against us. So I guess it's yeah. good, right? Having that depth. Um definitely, definitely interesting is. to see what we do with it. Yeah, I mean you, you say a three. I, I still definitely think we'll go for the four. And I think one thing that we did a lot last year in particular was we went really hard, really strong for like 60 minutes or at least the first half. And our drop-off was quite significant after that. I think it was quite telling a lot of the players to get tired. You might be finding just we, we do, you know, we're all used to the Arsene Wenger 70-minute substitute. Um, now I think maybe that just comes a bit earlier, perhaps. And we, we actually just uh, we get some fresh legs on earlier in the game. It really depends what the game structured like. But I definitely think we've got so many options now. There's certainly going to be a some outgoings, of course, but... I think we've got a lot of flexibility in that squad now. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I really want is we did shut up shop. Well, that's actually no. I just it depends which games you're thinking of. I think early at the beginning of last season we were like ahead and we shut up shop. But there are also a lot of games, you know, when we were at the Emirates when we were down, we were down like by a couple of goals and we had to get back into it. And so it was like the team, you know, were going longer than they should have done ideally and um and that's where we lack that depth which you know hopefully we're going to have um i say have we do have in definitely the defense yeah midfield actually i'm going to pause because we're going to talk about this later we're going to go into it too much (laughs) but what what i was going to say is just i think if we're going to think about the attack that's definitely something like you know if we're going to keep going after being tuned up at 60 minutes, that attack needs to keep going and going yeah, and going. Definitely. But, yeah. All right. Well, we did we did kind of touch upon it. So I suppose that the big the big subject that we're all going to discuss is a rice rice baby. Uh, massive massive news yesterday. The most expensive uh, British player, um, Arsenal's most expensive player. Um, it is. A monumental signing by all accounts for Arsenal and a, a really big deal. And I think other clubs will be looking at this signing um, with nervousness, with jealousy, with a lot of things going on. Um, I want you to just, you know, break it down for me, Jason. How are you feeling about this this signing? How does it how does it rank? You, you know, you've probably got a bit more Arsenal history than I have, I reckon, in your in your brain. You know, where does this rank for you in terms of like signings? I mean I think about all the signings. I'd say Dennis Verkamp was the transformational signing. He was probably I was just about old enough to remember that my dad was like we signed Dennis Verkamp, and um, I didn't realise at the time how big a player he was. But then, obviously, you know, as soon as he starts doing his thing, you realise how bigger player he was you know I was very young at the time so I didn't know about Inter Milan and Ajax but I think that's that's the most obvious comparison like some would say Ozil or Ozil sorry um but I I think you know he didn't kick on it was good for us but he wasn't transformational um and and Dennis was so you've got to hope I'm hoping there's a lot of hope there. And I think we'd expect it for the amount that we've paid. Um, but I'm incredibly excited by it. You know, just because we can sing Rice, Rice Baby, you know, it's a great <laughs> song to sing in the ground. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's going to be awesome. He's a 
I mean, I was watching a there was a video I saw on Twitter the other day of him at like I don't know how old he was. He broke into the West Ham team, but it wasn't. It was a couple of years ago, and it was just a skills uh, a skills thing. And it's just his first touch, the way he brings balls down, the way he can ping balls, just the way he can block transitions. It was he's he's going to be awesome. I really I really hope he's going to be awesome. I'm I'm excited. I'm yeah. probably underplaying how excited I genuinely am, but <laughs> well, I think I that's because you're excited. I can tell. I, it's it's just because I, I think at the moment like there's still some questions in the midfield, and when we talk about more players there, I think I'm quite a little bit unsure on what we're going to do with him. Like everyone's assuming he's going to be in the party position, yeah. But you know, we talk about depth, and and I I think we need Hipparty and Rice. So it's like, would he play in the six? Would he play in the eight? Who knows? Um, so it's hard to like say what I'm expecting from him because I don't really know where he's going to play in the formation. And I guess that's Arteta's plan, right? As you were saying, like not knowing where our players yeah. are going to play is is going to be a big thing. So, um, so yeah, just really excited. Uh, can't wait to see him in the kit on the field. Can't wait for that first. Well, we're going to the Community Shield, so I can't wait for a Community Shield yeah. game to see him in the flesh. And uh, do, you yeah, you, do you think you'll go straight in? You think that's exactly, I mean, it's hard to kind of think that you put 105 million into a player and don't put him straight in, I know. But like, you know, gelling with the squad, getting that under his belt, getting some of the games in the pre-season under his belt. I think he'll go straight in. He'll play some pre-seasons, definitely. Like probably 45 minutes seems to be. They all, we change it after 45 usually. Um, I'd hope he plays against City. But I could also see why you wouldn't play him against City because you don't want to get absolutely like smash three one or four one like we sometimes do against City, even though we play well when yeah. we used to. You don't want from a confidence perspective. If that was to happen, I don't think it. I'd hope to think it wouldn't, especially if we've got Salih, you know, the defenders that we actually need yeah. uh, fit because you know that's when we played City last last season. We never had our our first team squad fit. We never had Party and Saliba, for example, together. That was our core. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Would be so important to us when we play against them. So, sure. so yeah, I'm not sure. I'd like to think we will. I mean, either way, I, I definitely see him starting Forest first game of the season. So, I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Can't wait to get back in the ground. No, me neither. I think that's probably one of the most exciting things that I am looking forward to. I think for me, he. As a sign, I think one of the greatest things that they, I, I was going to ask you about this, and I will, I'll, I'll give you a second to respond, I suppose, in a minute. The, the announcement video is different to other ones that we've done in the past. I, I, I thought I was going to experience a lot more pomp and circumstance um, when they, they put on their YouTube that it's going to be an announcement at one o'clock. We all knew it was going to be rice, but I think we don't know what it was going to be. And we, we got this kind of look look behind the curtain into our training ground, into where they, they showcase the videos and kind of review what's kind of been happening in games. And then, then Declan, there he was, just sat at the back, like in amongst the squad. And they said, welcome. They said, hello. And they gave him an opportunity to speak. And he, he gave a couple of words. And uh, I think that was really good. Like, he, he was not a shrinking violet by any means. He's a, he's a big, composing lad. If, you, if you've seen him in there, in there, he sent me in amongst it. And um, he kind of said why he was there, which was to win trophies, which, you know, that's what we all want. Um, and I just, uh, seeing him there, in there, seeing it in reality, that was for me um, such a big moment because it's been such a long time coming, and he, I think that he will. I think he sets us up for like five more years at least. I think the deal. I think like five plus one it could be four. But is it five plus one? He's going to be thirty by the time. It's yeah. contract. we'll take so he, the plus one. If we'll yeah. take the plus one. He's probably. I mean, depending on what happens with Odegaard, he could be a future club captain for us, right? He 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 has that stature. He has that commanding voice. He has that relationship with other players. That he can bring into that role, but Erdogan's a good captain. I'm not downplaying that by any means. Um, but I think you know, five years, like you say, it's going to be thirty. That's gonna that's gonna set up our spine. You've got Saliba tied down to a good contract. You've got Rice in there, good contract. Um, we just, I think we're just so well set up now, and I, I can't see. I've seen some people on Twitter, for example, kind of downplaying our ability to move this season. You know, some people maybe call it the second, you know, second season syndrome a little bit for, for um, teams that come up from uh, the championship into the Premier League. But some people say after you've had a Liverpool have done it. I think you've seen it from Liverpool sometimes where they've just gone hell for leather for an entire season and then kind of fallen off a little bit just because of the, the fatigue that's involved with playing at that level for so long. I just can't see it. 
the players that we're signing, the, the the team that we're building, the manager we've got. I can't see us anywhere but where we were last season and, and more, hopefully. And I think Rice really does bring us there. Yeah. Uh, I think he does. Yeah, I, I, I think he he takes our midfield to another level. Um, and touch, I'm looking for some wood. This, maybe this Ikea desk is wood. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, he's he doesn't seem to be a player that gets injured, a bit like Granit Xhaka. So, it's kind of a like-for-like, like, but just with a higher ceiling. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, you know, as long as he can integrate seamlessly, which I think he can with, you know, Saka. You know, I mean, he knows all the England Ramsdale, boys. Ramsdale, yeah, he's got some good relationships yeah. with some of those players. So, I, I, I hope he just kicks on straight away. I hope it's just natural for him. When you when you were talking about where he's going to play, because I, I I see him as the uh, as the six. I see him as the sitting. I don't necessarily know that's how he plays for West Ham. I, I, when I've seen him play for England, it's probably not how he plays in England, but that's kind of how I see him fitting into our system. I think, like I say, there's a lot of talk of Havertz as that left-sided eight in the Xhaka mm. kind of role. I mean, we, we could talk about Havertz just from his... Uh, I only saw uh, snippets of the, the number game. Wasn't setting the world on fire, but never... I don't think I expected him to in such a small space of time. But I do see Bryce Bryce having to sit, particularly if we're not going to have party, or if we don't have party. Yeah, I I think that there's something about Thomas Party that I don't want to lose from the team, and I think it's the way he can move the ball between players in tight angles. And I've not watched enough of Rice at West Ham to know if he has that kind of same capability the way the yeah. ball sometimes sticks to party's feet and like that's an i don't want to lose that i want both <laughs> i want both yeah. right i think well, everyone <laughs> yeah i i i i think having those two in the midfield together would be would be an odegaard would just be amazing i think that like part everyone i feel like other fans who don't you know, I'm guilty of not following other clubs, so I'm like, oh, I don't. You know, I have my opinion on Man United, Chelsea, whoever, mm-hmm. but I don't watch them week in, week out. Um, so I'm sure their fans will tell me my opinions of their club are wrong. But I think the same. People don't watch Arsenal week in, week out. So I've got mates who, you know, they don't rate Thomas Partey, and I'm like, he was the best midfielder in the league for the first six months of last year until hundred percent until we had really until until we had like that kind of downwards patch and a few injuries and bits um and so i don't want to lose that like because you know you could bring in a caicedo or, or um a lavia but i don't think that they're matured yet to that so if we want to push on i i'm going into the next topic now but depth and mm. i think uh having party and rice together would just be yeah just be okay just be great well, I suppose a good segue uh, then. So, yeah, both excited by Rice. Can't wait to see him on the carpet. But let's move on to our kind of next subject. It's all going to be um, about uh, buy, sell, keep. You know, there's a lot of players in our club now. I feel a bit like maybe uh, Chelsea a little bit in the, the amount of players that we've got. And there's certainly going to be uh, some movement in and around the club. Um, we've done a bit of buying already. Obviously, we've got uh, Rice, Timber and Havertz already through the door. So maybe we'll skip the buy Firstly, at least, because there, there definitely will be some. Well, I've heard there might be at least one or two, maybe more incomings. But let's let's look at the the sell, Jace. If you're going to give me, you know, one or two players that you're looking to sell, get out into the shop window. Who, who are you looking at right now? Well, is there sell or people we just have to get rid of? For, for, I think there's people we need to sell, and I think there's yeah. just people we just have to let go there's gonna be players that are gonna be difficult to sell we're gonna to have to pay up we're gonna to have to pay them off so yeah uh pepe i think is one um i mean he wasn't interesting he wasn't in the squad that went to germany he's not on and he's not on the on the on the flights to the us i don't think um i don't know if he's injured i'm assuming not because cedric went to germany and i'm, I'm assuming we're gonna to have to pay him off as well unless we're trying to flog him to a Maybe a newly promoted Premier League club or someone might need a right back. Um, so Cedric and Pepe, I think, are the two ones where I'm like, don't know if we'll get anything. 
Pepe, especially not because of probably his contract. He was an expensive signing on a high yeah. wage. No one's going to want to take that wage on. Um, in regards of like who we need to sell to actually make money, uh, if Tommy Yasu stays fit, then in theory, you've got Zinni, Kivior, and Tommy Yasu who could play potentially in a left back position. I really like Kieran Tierney, but I don't think, I'm not sure if Arteta does. Yeah, I mean, I don't not, think he can play in the, the same role that his other yeah. left backs have played in. Yeah, and he's uh, he's cash. He's cash on the table. He's a high quality left back. Um, yeah, how much do you think you're really going to like feasibly get from this? So I, I don't disagree with you that there's money on the table that we can get from. He's not, you know, Arsenal are fundamentally not a great selling team. We never have been for a long we time. Bought him for, we bought him for 25. He's matured, got used to the Premier League. He's Scottish, not technically English, but I'd still say there's a British tax. So you've got to say like, you know, surely you could get 35 million from Newcastle for him. I just, I just don't, yeah, I, I don't, like I said, I don't disagree with you. I just don't think that that money is going to, we're not, that money won't, won't come. I, th- I think 20, 25 million is probably the ceiling you're going to get for him to where he is at the moment. Potentially because he had, although he's, you know, probably proven, didn't get a lot of minutes last season. And when he did, it wasn't like he set the world on fire. Um, he's a good utility player, no doubt. I think if you watched, you said you watched some of the highlights from the Nürnberg game. I don't know if you caught Kirill, but he, he was, he was oh, very he good, good at left back. Yeah, yeah, he, he was game. very good at left back. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so to, to turn these cash on the table, I think we have to try and take because we we do need to buy one or two more i think so we if we're gonna need we've probably spent all of our money now so we've got to sell um i just hope that it doesn't make any of the work that we do buying or selling harder because people know we spent our money and need money in mm-hmm. um that might make it more difficult um reese nelson's an interesting one because we extend his contract so i'm assuming he's staying but the fact that he's not on the on the plane to the US is weird. Unless he's injured, there's no reason why he shouldn't be on the plane to the US. So yeah. um, maybe we just extended his contract to increase his value uh, and keep him happy with a bigger wage. Um, but seems, a, sure. seems a weird one to do that. Like you say, maybe Casado was kind of in, the, in that ilk. Obviously got a new deal at Brighton, but there's there's movement looking to happen there. This could be the same kind of vein, but uh, you know, Casado's can, uh, shop windowism is is much higher ceiling compared to Reese Nelson's. I would say he's got um, the goal against Bournemouth in the in the uh, you know the uh, lofty uh, pictures frames and everything else at the Emirates Stadium. I'm sure, and we were there at such an amazing moment. But you know, other than that, what what is there? Do you, do you really want to keep him? I, I I'm not sure. Uh, well, yeah, I, I it's kind of I guess it goes into one one of the one of the topics I was going to have with buy was the question is, is Reese Nelson a really a, a Saka level replacement? Like that's the chat. That's the, that's the ultimate question, right? We have to rest Saka more with Champions League. Hold, um, hold that thought because I've got, I've got, uh, you know, I, I do think having watched one, one game, uh, there, there's certainly some, some, something on the table. I think there, I think in terms of, if you're talking about so that there's two players here, right. That you've kind of missed maybe that I, one of them's got to go. And Rob Holden's got to go. Oh, wait, Rob Holden's got to go. Well, let's, let's, Rob Holden for Besiktas. Oh, okay, I think it was okay. 1.5 million. I think it was something along those lines. I was like, literally, I'll I'll pay the money. Uh, just to, just take him, please. Um, yeah, Balogun already in Ketia is the That's one harsh, uh, for me. Um, it's, oh, maybe it's harsh. He has been a good servant to this club. I agree. Um, yeah, Balogun or Enketia, those two, they, you know, on the table right now, it's, it's a really difficult decision, I think, for Arteta to make because you've got Eddie, who came in last year when he was needed and, and did really well, did really well to replace Jesus when we needed a, a striker. He was scoring goals. It wasn't for a lengthy period of time, but, you know, we were all worried. When Jesus got injured after uh, the World Cup, what was going to happen? And Eddie banged for a short period of time and really did help us. But then he did taper off quite massively after that. Mm. And then you've got Balogun, who's obviously just been, you can you can bring up all the Farmer League uh, callbacks as much as you like, I suppose. I mean, uh, um, there's going to be an Arsenal player that you could talk about in this same sentence. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, you know, Balogun did do well. And so it's kind of like, I think for me, 
bargain just seems like a bit tastier, only because it's just the unknown. You know what you're getting with Eddie? It's new. It's You've new seen it. Exactly. It's a shiny toy, right? It's it's uh, the unknown a little bit. It's the the fresh face. It's the the only thing I would say is I don't think Balogun seems very hungry to me. Um, there was a really mm. good uh, clip from the All or Nothing documentary when we had it, where I can't remember who it was. Someone was talking to Eddie in the cafeteria where they were eating, and Eddie oh. was just like, "Just stop whinging and get your head down." And I can't remember who it was. I don't know if you do. La Congo was it? La Congo was moaning about uh, it was playing. Eddie, Eddie, yes, Eddie yeah, was, was like, "We're like none of us are playing, bro." Like, yeah, it was Sambi. So and and it was like for me that really did like. Eddie has the right mentality. Like I'm going to ignore Sambi for now because he, he's another player that we could probably put in this. Oh, we got, we've got cash in on Sambi. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. What, what do you think out of those two? Where's, where's your head at? I'm leaning on Balogun just because he, he does seem like Emperor's new clothes a little bit to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm Balogun too. I think I I, I feel it's I feel a loyalty to Eddie. Eddie, right? Yeah, I feel the loyalty to Eddie. Like he came in, Hollander, right? And well. in 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 a in a time when we were both actually both two times he's come in, there wasn't just the Jesus injury. Um, yeah, when he was awesome and he kept us going. But uh, do you remember end of the season before when Lacazette just wasn't scoring? We didn't have a Bamiyang because we'd given him a Barcelona, and he was getting yeah. games and he was scoring. I think we went to a couple of them. He was. He was in front of us. I think he scored a few in front of us. Yeah. Um, and so I just feel like, you know, he's he's done what's been asked of him. The problem is I don't I don't feel confident enough with his ceiling. Like, I just think he's a great Premier League striker. And what you see is what you get. But we need we need to go levels as a team. And I I think Balogun has more levels. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. I think there's just something about him. Like there's, there's something about the way he can move with the ball. Like you, I think, you know, well, you know, cause I usually beat it. Did you should beat sport account? I've watched quite a bit of league. I watched quite a bit of league. And um, He's got a movement. He's got a bit of a swagger. It reminds me a little bit of Thierry, just the pace, some of the raw pace, some of the the ways he can hold and move with the ball. And I think he can just, you know, he feel. I feel like he can score from pretty much anywhere, which is, you know, an amazing talent to have. As Eddie mm-hmm. is, uh, Eddie is a fox in he's the box. Yeah, he's a poacher in the box. Really? Yeah, he's a poacher. So I, I think I'd go. Yeah, I think I'm going Balogun. Like he's. He's to score that many goals, even in Ligue 1, is good. I mean, look how many how many players have we taken from Ligue 1, the strikers that have been good for us? I mean, like, Pepe, I mean not sorry, but Pepe. Pepe was a winger that we got from there, and he's he's a winger and and manager transitions. But if we look at like like Giroud came, wasn't you know we're not saying Balogun's going to be next year and really probably you know if he is amazing, but yeah, you know Giroud's come from Ligue 1. He's been a decent striker. I still don't think we should have ever sold him in my personal opinion i think he was an alternate to to um having uh lack of obamiang as someone that can yeah. bring the ball down and connect the players he did well at chelsea and he's done well at ac milan since so he was a great player from league and um i'd say actually now i've run out of strikers but like thierry was originally born and raised in league and you know anelka uh from psg uh just so many players that were strikers for us that have come from there like I think yeah it's not the most competitive league in the world but that's because you've got one team that's just decided to buy the league up but if yeah. you take that if you take that team out of consideration There's it's quite a, it's ways. it's quite a competitive league right it's quite a competitive league Leon Marseille like they're all, and 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 France just produces talent so you're playing with decent players in that league because it just producing talent, like you know, Paris, I think, is like the biggest talent pool in Europe for for new breeds uh, of, of, of players. So, um, so Ligon has some great young players, and if Balogun's been playing with them and he can compete with them, then he's going to be able to compete with them in the future too. And those guys are going to be the guys that are going to be in the Premier League, and in well, you know, half of them have been signed by. Well, Robert we're going to sign Mbappe next year, right? So that's. That's right. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, my love for Mbappe from when he was yeah. at Monaco. I said he's the next Thierry Henry, and I wanted him then. 
I'm not sure I want him now. Uh, I think I don't think you, uh, yeah, the cause a bit too many problems. Yeah, exactly. I would say, but, just to uh, challenge you a little bit, right? Like I was going to say, like you mentioned a second ago, that clubs are going to need to. They know we've spent. You know, our powder is not dry anymore. We've spent it, mm. and we're going to need to accumulate some money. Um, out of the two, Balogun is certainly the one that's going to command, I think, a greater value, a selling value than than Eddie. I would say. Um, I think he is is ceiling, like you say, is probably higher. And does so he want to? Probably... Does he want to stay? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he'll stay if he's not being well. He, he's definitely not going to be first striker. Although this is what going to When I said to you, hold that thought. I think if you had have watched any of the the, the friendlies we've already seen. Jesus was playing on the wing for quite a significant chunk of that game. Mm. And that has, in the past, uh, Guardiola and other managers have used Jesus in that role as well. That's not to say that he can be that Saka replacement that you kind of mentioned earlier, but there is an option there. And, and we, we haven't really necessarily used that as much um, as a, a weapon in our arsenal um, last year. Could we? And uh, and thus, you know, play Balogun already up, up top. I suppose that's, that's something we could do. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's an option. I don't think... I think Balogun did have... It looked like he came on on the wing from what I saw when he did come on. But, I mean, he had a few... It was a way that he... I know he missed the chances. Um, he, he, did. Did, he hit the, he hit the post hit the, and hit, hit the side net. Yeah. But it was the way that he, you know, the way the way that he created... He creates goal. space, doesn't he? He creates... Like, and, so that, he creates and, for and that, for me, was... I was like, I don't see Eddie doing that. Um, and and that's the you know again the flickers I see. I mean, all, all Arsenal fans look to Thierry, right? And that's what Thierry used to do uh, to an extent. So yeah, I yeah he is money on the table. If it all comes down to whether he wants to play for Arsenal, that that that's it. I think if he wants to play for Arsenal and be prepared to be get a lot of minutes and a lot of games, but may not you know he's not going to be first choice above Jesus straight down the middle. So if he's prepared to work for his place. And he wants to stay, then yeah, fine. So Eddie, if he doesn't want to do that, then yeah, of course, then you cash in because he's he's money on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I think um, so. I, I, yeah, I think is where we're we're leaning, but I suppose it really depends on who comes in for them. And like you say, probably Eddie. Eddie strikes me as like a palace. Or like, uh, like a everyone says palace. I don't, well, I don't know. Just I don't know whether or not it just feels like he suits that system. And it's London, so it's also that as well. Like, you know, a lot of players do like just keep in the same kind of city in the same area. That can kind of help. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I think you mentioned, we mentioned Sambi. Sambi's a, a sell for sure. I'm surprised you didn't mention this guy, Cedric. What is he still doing at our club is, is unbelievable <laughs> to me. I just don't well, get you, it. You know my, uh, my feelings on Cedric. <laughs> Well, I think you've still got a soft spot. I mean, we've heard a lot about your soft spot for Thierry Henry during this podcast. Uh, I'm sure we'll learn more as the uh, time goes by about your love and soft spot for Hector Bellerin um, as well. I'm wondering the moustache on Hector <laughs> But yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Cedric played, uh, he did like two crosses in the bit that I'd watched and they were ballooned somewhere in a stand. Um, and I just don't understand how we still got him on our books. He has a good cross on him occasionally, right? But then it's like, mate, we're like, I mean, maybe that's why we bought Havertz, but because <laughs> it's yeah. like we've mate, we've got last the last couple of seasons when he did play for us, it was like, mate, we, we don't have anyone that can head that in. So just like, like, do you Stop not have you not seen how we play? <laughs> Stop it! It's like Thomas Partey when he tries to shoot for fifty yards. It's like, mate, unless someone plays it, <laughs> yeah. But if someone plays it back to him like that back and he can hit it first time and whip it fine go for it because you're going to put it in the top corner you've done it twice and against spurs that was brilliant um but but every anytime he has like time to take control line it up and then he's just going over the bar so just don't don't bother me um anyway yeah okay Uh, i mean there's some good i mean you've got a few cells is there anybody there in the market then that you're looking at getting getting some of that deadwood maybe getting someone on the table tne for balogun you might have another 50, 60 mil to play with. Who, who are you choosing? Where are you looking? I mean, it's difficult. I don't think we're in the race. I think I want to be in the race for Caicedo. If we're going to go... So here's the thing. Let's talk about the party situation, right? Because I think this comes into play of who we buy. I think I said to you before, we've, we have said, and I think everyone said, we need depth in midfield. We need depth in midfield. 
so for me it's like we had two great we had a great midfield last year but we think that can go up a level we bought rice great but that doesn't mean you go and sell all you have the, the your best midfielders you need to add to it so this is the thing like Xhaka I didn't want him to go but I get that I think there was obviously other circumstances he wanted to go and and we weren't gonna you know the money was on the table he had a good contract offer fine but that doesn't mean you let party go too of um yeah I just I, I don't I don't think I, I, I can't see I mean obviously he's you know there's rumors he signed a deal with one of the Saudi Arabian clubs but I mean we, I know, I know, I know we, what you mean. I know what you what mean. are we going to do if we if we take our two core? You know, Odegaard is the ten, the the creator. If you take if so, if you take him out of consideration, you're taking basically your two strongest midfielders from a depth perspective last season and putting two new ones in. You're not adding to it. You're not adding to your midfield. Yeah. So I I, I just don't think that we can. I don't think we're going to afford to lose him, like you say. I think that he was such a such a good player for us last year. His insight into the game, his pass, his his legs just seem gangly to me. They can just seem to reach and get balls that nobody else seemed to can. He reminds me a lot of um, Vieira, Diaby. Yeah. Like he reminds me of that style of player. So I agree, you can't rip out our spine. But I just. Uh, you know, there's a, a. I don't want to get into this baggage associated with party that is there that I think might be playing into decision making. We'll see. And like I say, Havertz does seem to have felt feeling like he's coming into one of those positions as well. Um, for me, yeah. it's Lavia. I don't think we've got enough uh, money for Caicedo to bring in, and I just don't see us doing it. I think Chelsea will get, will land him. I want. I know that is not ready. Maybe. I, if I know we, he's if, we, if, if we let party go, we have to go Caicedo. Yeah, I just can't to. see us being able to but afford if, him. But if we keep party, then yeah, Lavia is probably a good like replacement for what... I think it's great. It'd be such a good understudy. Like imagine him just sitting underneath party and learning and, and growing through him. I think yeah. it's a fantastic I was, opportunity. I was, I was trying not to be disrespectful to Sambi, but we thought Sambi was going to be the understudy to party. And he just, he hasn't, when he's had the chance, you know, still somebody remember... remind, reminds me of, uh, and this is where, like, we were talking a little Denilson. bit about, that, about me. Uh, no. Genduzi, like his attitude just seems very Genduzi like. Like, oh, I don't, I don't think he's a troublemaker like Genduzi. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you know what though? I love Genduzi. I loved him. I mean, apart from the fact that he was, it was the trouble he caused. I think he got him kicked out of the club, but he was a great player. Um, yeah. His attitude, I think, has probably let him his. Uh, yeah, his that's what it is. It's that quality and that attitude kind of needs to marry up in order to be successful at Arsenal, right? We we are a club that hold quite a lot of ethical uh, kind of uh, and class mm. uh, attachment to our the, the way in which we do our business. And I think that was you wait till he signs for Aston Villa and comes back kissing the badge in front of us. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. Right, or West Ham, or West Ham, one of those. They've all got the same kit this year, anyway. Um, yeah. Let's, uh, so there's a big article that you've been reading about, Jace. I don't know a great deal about it, but you're going to give us some insights. It's the ESPN FC 100. Do you want to just give us a quick lowdown of what that is and what you want to talk about? Yeah, it's uh, it, the the guys over at ESPN, uh, Julian Laurence and a few of the other guys, they, they do like a 100 best players and managers in football. And uh, I've been listening to the pods and uh, they did and reading through uh, some of the lists of players. And there's a lot of Arsenal players in the top 100, which is good because, you know, maybe a few years ago that would not have been the case. Yeah. Um, but I want to get your view on some of these players. What's, who's in there, where they've been ranked and who's missing and get your perspective on it. So uh, yeah. and managers and managers. I'm not looking at this news, list, like Jason said, so I don't know what he's talking about, right? So I've got <laughs> fresh eyes. So let's do uh, let's do uh, the managers first. Um, so in the top ten of the managers, so I'm, no surprise, Mikel was in there. Okay, he's been he's been placed at number four. Okay, so above Mikel Arteta. You've got 
And they can't be number one. Yeah, number one. Pep's number one, right? <laughs> Oh no, he's number no joke. Yeah, yeah, he's number one. Carlo, Carlo Ancelotti at number two. Okay. Uh, next one, Luciano Spalletti, Napoli. I think that's fair. He's got I mean, Napoli had a great the... season last year. Yeah, so so close. And then Arteta's number four. So given that we didn't win a trophy and everyone else actually no, did Real Madrid win a trophy? Barca won the league, didn't they? They not win like what is the equivalent of the League Cup in Spain? I don't know. I think there's no there's no Galacticos in in Spain yeah. anymore. I don't I don't watch I don't watch that much of a La Liga. Um, Who was number yeah. five? It was just behind Mikel. Jurgen. Jurgen. Okay. I mean, they didn't and win the then, Yeah, I mean, and they had a really bad season, but I think everyone expects them to be back, right? Everyone expects, yeah. I mean, everyone, if you were looking at it as just a managerial kind of thing, then yeah, yeah, Klopp. I mean, for for us, like number fours, I think is number four is high, probably too high. There's a lot of to be made from that. Okay, so let me let me just list the I'll be very quick and list the rest, and you can tell me. So, Argent, Argentinian manager, uh, Scaloni, number six, won the world cup, fair enough. Ten Hag, number seven. Okay, one season at United is number seven. I mean, he was good manager at Ajax, but not sure. Dzeibri, okay. uh, at number eight. Yeah, again, yeah, I think he's been decent at Brighton. Inzaghi from Inter Milan got him to the Champions League final, and then number ten is Xavi Barcelona. Uh, and he won the La Liga title. He's at number ten. I mean, I do think, you think, I, think some, I, some, I was going to say, I just think, um, I, I think I'll take fairly place in that. I just think if you look back, so yeah, last year we had a great season. Brenwin, we like to say, we didn't win anything. The season before that, we came fifth and we, we capitulated towards the end. Before that, I think it was eighth. And that, that's, that's our test of season. So he's got a good growth trajectory there. But uh, winner, you know, winnativity. Not sure. Yeah, I, I'd hope so. But like I said, there's a lot of, you know, he's a very young manager in world football. Um, and I think that, you know, you look at those other managers and there's a lot of tenure. Carlo, Pep, there's a lot of tenure in those managers there compared to, this is Arteta's first job. Yeah. Three years. That is, to, to put you fourth and you're, you're in that company, that's a big deal. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's four. I, I, I disagree with you. I think he's he's ill placed, but I, I do think I I think you know this. I said this to you. I don't think there's any project in world football better than ours right now. If you were a player and you were looking to make a move, particularly if you're like 20, 21, and you're looking to make a move to a club where you're going to grow, you're going to learn, you're going to adapt, you're going to get the opportunity. I don't think there's any better project than ours, and I think that, that is showing through this ranking here. Arteta is a fantastic man manager and he knows how to get the best out of players at a certain, at a certain age cool. as well. He's yeah, he has. He, I think they, I saw on Twitter, someone called it an aura and it was such a, such a good word. Like I think when he met Timbo, I don't know if you watched the, the video of when he met Timbo and it was just felt like he just commands like a lot. Of, he has gravitas. He has, he has like yeah. spark. He has, it's so, yeah, it's great to watch and players just like really do kind of gravitate towards it. Yeah. I mean, I think you've heard me say this many times. Like, I've never, well, I never, and I don't want to say won't ever, but I've never been like a Mikel out guy, even when we were having the bad phase. So for me, I, I still remember the first press conference he ever gave. And uh, it, it was, it's the professionalism and, and the, the message that he he communicated in his first press conference was just so strong, effective, and just showed a really good leader, just a really strong leader. Like I compare it a lot to well, you and I, not to give away where we work, but we work in IT, um, we work in the corporate ladder, and you know, you I I can relate the values to many leaders that I've had and people that I look, look, look to. 
and 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 I saw that in his press conference, and I was like, "That's different. That's not your just your 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 typical football manager. It's not your typical British football manager either. Like, there's something there. He's there to to nurture players. He's he's there to change principles to add them, that class which which we want back into the club. And I just from that first press conference, I was behind him, and yeah. I, I, I I always had because you can see what he's doing. I think, you know, he's, he's incredibly human. Like you say, he's like he's so yeah. like yeah, he, yeah. He, he can feel it. And 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 you know, you know this. Like change doesn't happen immediately. And he, so, if you have a bad period of eight games, and we've had a few periods with Arteta where we've had, and it, you know, quite a bad run. But he's not even thinking about that. It's a longer game than that. It's a longer game. It's the same with life. You have peaks and troughs. Like it's a longer game, and you just have to back him for the long, long game. And and that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing now. It's what we did last year. What we did the season before in the transfer market. Um, and and last season was just justification. It was like, you know, he said he's got a five point plan. And I think he said last year we were at number three. Maybe we're number four now. I'm yeah, I sure. think last year we were we like, were ahead of where we were supposed to be. Yeah. So so for me, it's like well, that's a that's a long game. He knows where he's going. Stick to the plan. Yeah. Stick to the plan. Good. It's like any any work that we do, we have a plan. We follow it. You know, if we have a, if we if something goes messes up, you just you just get you find your way to get back on track. Put yeah, some mitigation yeah. in place. That's all it is. Uh, so yeah, I back him, one hundred percent. Do you want my to manager. Um, there's a my manager. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of different positions to go through. I suppose in the interest of time, Jace, do you want to pick pick one pick one more position? Let's have a little bit of a debate and discussion on that one. All right, I'm gonna pick. So I'll I'll very quickly not go through them, but I'll list off. So Odegaard got number two in attacking midfielders. Kevin De Bruyne was first. Number two. Wow. I actually think that's. I mean, if you're comparing to Kevin De Bruyne, yeah, okay. But I think Odegaard was better than De Bruyne last year. I think Greedish was amazing for City and so was Gundogan, I think. Anyway, I won't go into that because I'm not going to talk about <laughs> attacking the field. Um, Zinni, number three, left-backs. Um, Saliba was number four in centre-backs, which I thought was maybe a little bit high, if I'm honest. But he was definitely a top ten, in my opinion. I don't know if he would have been number four, but no Gabriel. And I thought Gabriel was solid last year, so... Laporte was number one. No, Laporte, sorry. Ruben Diaz, not Ruben Diaz. Yeah, Laporte. Diaz, yeah. Um, Ramsdale, number eight in keepers. But Martinez from Villa was number nine. And Nick Pope was number 10. So I was a bit like, hmm. Who's number one uh, in goalkeepers? Oh, uh, I'll tell you. It was... It can't be... Um, T- uh, Thibaut it? Courtois. Okay. Yeah, I was sure it can't be Edison. Nah, he was number seven. Yeah, I think it's it's weird that the Premier League goalkeepers rank so lowly in comparison to world football. Yeah. Uh right backs, uh no Ben White. But you know, Trent Alexander Arnold was in there at number six, Trippier was in there. And Trent had an there. awful season at right back. Yeah, that's the thing for me. It was like yeah, that doesn't make sense. I don't know whether or not this this feels to me like it's uh if you heard of recency bias, so you obviously you're bringing in you know current performances and stuff. It feels like the opposite of that, unrecency yeah. bias. Is that if you can have yeah. such a thing? Uh, yeah, uh, the big one, wingers, Saka, number one, best in the world. I agree. I with that. Say, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't disagree with it either. And I think um, you look at I think there was like a. I think that tells you about the, the value of a club in world football. I think we've just overtaken Man City in terms of our value of our club by players. We spent half, we spent half yeah, the I mean, they did. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 60% and, and of what they spent. Yeah. yeah but I mean, think like, we, Declan Rice just tipped us over with that 100 million, but I think Saka's value is something 120, 130 million or something along those lines. Yeah. I think he could go for, well, the Neymar and then Mbappe fees will always be the world record fees if we ever beat them and something's gone wrong. But but if you take out of those, take out those two odd situations i think yeah. if you sold him right now it should have been a world record fee i think for him yeah. uh jesus at number six 
and strikers. That, that does quite surprise me. I just well, don't I think, think he, he's. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's not a goal scorer. I, I really, I know this sounds really bad. He is, he's, he is a good striker. I'm not saying, but he just feels to me he's not. I, I think he next does. year we're going to go big on project goal scorer, and it's going to be a big. We're going to need someone really big to kind of put us in the the upper echelons of what we need to do in this league. You look at what Man City did. Man City were able to remove players and they got a robot, right? They got a, a goal scoring absolute unit who doesn't matter what they do in and around that player as long as they've got him. And I think that's what we, we're going to need someone of that that ilk. There's not many about, but for me, he, he, I don't think he's number six in the world by any means. I, uh, yeah. Where's, Vla, where's Vlahovic? Vlahovic must be on that, that number somewhere. Yeah, he's on there somewhere. I'm not going to open it because we're going to move on. But I would, I would agree with you, and I just say that he does so much more for Arsenal that other teams would say he's not good enough because he's not scoring goals. Yeah. But we value him for other things, and it was proven last year. Yes, we yeah. were all so worried when he got injured. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so the one I want to talk about midfielders, top ten midfielders, and this is interesting. You say recency bias. Is op- well, you were saying the opposite of recency bias. Yeah. No party, no Xhaka, and no Rice in the top ten midfielders. Okay, I'm assuming Rodri was probably number one. Uh, well, no, top three. Bellingham number one. Okay, Rodri number two. Pedri three, Gundogan four, Modric five, Casemiro six. I mean, yeah, he's, I he's think good, that, but he, I, I don't know. He got sent off loads in the Premier League. I was gonna say, if you were looking at it just in like last season in isolation, yeah. I would look at that and say that Xhaka for the first six months of the year was untouchable. He was in that role. He was he was better than Rodri for the first half of that season. Granted, we I don't think he initially dropped off like on himself, but as a unit, we dropped off, and thus playing in that system meant a big deal to him. Yeah, but I you know I think Xhaka deserves to be in there. I've always rated, you know me, I've rated Jacker ever since he's been at this club. You look at every manager that we've had, he's the first name on the team sheet for every single one of them. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's tidy up. He tied himself up, didn't he, in the last year? Like, no red cards. He he knew the line. He still gave it some to players. That's what you need. You need some of those players. But you knew the line. He knew the line. Yeah. And, and he matured. Uh if we'd have done that a few years earlier, that would have been maybe a bit better I mean, for us. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. The fact that you said that as well, Casemiro, I don't know how many red cards, it felt like a lot, probably two, maybe three last year. But he was, he's a good player, I'm not denying it, but I think he, he's passed it somewhat. He still obviously can read the game very, very well, but he doesn't necessarily have the guile and pace for the Premier League. And he, some of his challenges are a real big petulance in this game, which I can't understand. I think they're ranking that based upon historic context and everything together rather than just saying if you were to look at that last season as a season and then judging players based on that i think you'd come up with a different number personally speaking yeah i think so uh finally alexis McAllister, number seven won the world cup but again maybe i mean he's got a move to liverpool he's obviously a very good midfielder Kimmich, number eight, Bayern Munich. That's fair. Yeah. I expected him to be there. Frankie de Jong, I haven't watched enough of Barca to comment, to be honest. I know they won the league. So There's been, there's been a couple nine. of things linking us to him yeah. as, a, as a potential replacement in that thing. So he must be, and he's young as well, right? He's not, he must be like yeah. early to mid 20s. Yeah. And then Newcastle's Bruno is number 10. And that's Turned the one for me. Turned us down. Is, yeah. But that's the thing. When you see Man United and Newcastle centre mids in that list, and, and not ours, yeah. Not at well, Xhaka and Party. But then what stung me more was Rice not being in there. Do you think that's just because you're West Ham? Yeah. So I, I, think so. I, would, I know this but is then not the. McAllister's just at Brighton. Well, was just at Brighton. So. Yeah, but like I say, he won the World Cup. So I think that's probably like, uh, for me, like I, I mentioned to my wife and I said, oh, Declan Rice. And she's like, oh, you won't stop going on about this guy. Who is he? She didn't know who he was. And that's because he's not, he's not a name in world football because he plays for West Ham. And that's not to downplay West Ham by any means, but like it, it is a, a an actual fact. And I think that that is, I think being with us is going to elevate him. 
Yeah, I mean, he's played for England, hasn't he, for a long, long time. So, yeah. I mean, he's well-known here. I don't know how far well-known he is. Yeah, I think abroad. we're going to say the Champions League stage is going to be a big stage for him to really set the world on fire, yeah. I think. You know the uh, the Muller, have you seen the Muller ads? The Muller, yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. So, obviously, I'm on the on the smart TV downstairs, I'm always watching YouTube videos. And obviously, I watch so many Arsenal ones. And now, for some reason, every time... Any even me or or my wife watches YouTube videos, uh, that Muller Rice Rice Baby ad comes on, and Jazz yeah. is like, I'm sick of seeing this ad now. And she's like, and I'm sick of you singing that song. It's got some motion sense in the head. Hearing that on the car journeys up to the ground, then yeah, yeah, exactly. I made it. I'm, I'm not going to sing it. I made some lyrics. I did some lyrics. I'm not going to do do a stupid thing on these podcasts and sing them, <laughs> but we'll sing them in the ground. We'll save those. Yeah. All right. Uh, that was good, Jason. Thanks for going through that and giving us some insight into you know who, where those top 100 are kind of lying. And we're coming up to almost now on the show, so we're probably going to close out. Before we do, we've got a thing that we call the parking lot. Uh, the parking lot is effectively, if you're at a work meeting, sometimes there's going to be discussion, there's going to be topics, there's going to be things you wanted to get off your chest that weren't naturally uh, going to fit into the meeting. And so you add it to the parking lot at the end. Is there anything for you, Jason, that you'd like to whack in the uh, parking lot, whether it's Arsenal or not, uh, that you'd like to uh, discuss? Um, I, something I forgot to say, which is we still need to sign a winger, I think. I didn't say that. Uh, I quite like um, Giabi. Giabi? It's not Giabi. Diabi. It's not Diabi, uh, yeah. Yeah, from uh, Leverkusen. My uh, friends are Leverkusen season to get older and uh, highly rates him. So, uh, yeah, I think as a reserve to Saka, I'd maybe like to see him, I think. So, yeah, that's that's, um, that's the Arsenal bit. And, uh, oh, yeah, uh, just to add, we set all of our social media up. So... Uh, I think in in the link to the video, we'll just add all of our handles for all of our social media platforms. But there's nothing up right now, so I uh, don't expect to see anything. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be building that over, I suppose, the next few weeks as we do more of these podcasts. Uh, one thing I was going to add, hopefully, when this goes onto YouTube, if you've got any questions for us or anything you'd like us to bring up in maybe the parking lot or otherwise, do stick it in the YouTube comments. Uh, do give this video a like and a subscribe if you enjoyed this content. We will be trying to do uh, an episode every week. Um, and hopefully in and around the games, uh, myself and Jason uh, do uh, try and go to as many games as, uh, as we possibly can. So hopefully we'll be able to give you some, some good updates from the ground, including uh, some new songs like Jace is going to do. Uh, he's going to give us some Rice Rice Baby songs in the, in the stands. So look forward to that. Uh, for me, um, the only thing I was going to say, have you seen uh, the Declan Rice Adidas video with Ian Wright? I'm assuming. Oh, I forgot that. That was my main. That was meant to be my main topic with Rice Rice <laughs> Baby. That video was oh, oh, just Adidas. Just we ever go back to Puma? Jesus Christ! Oh, I tell, ah, on um, that subject, did you see this? That uh, the Nike have been replaced yeah. with the Premier League football, so Puma. Yeah, that's that's a disgusting joke. I just don't it's want it. <laughs> I don't want it anywhere near. Yeah, it's yeah. horrible. But no, that video was awesome. You know, you got righty in it, you know, just... Yeah, I think uh, if Adidas... Adidas have, have, have obviously uh, built some some iconic shirts, I think, last year. The, the pink one and the black one particularly last year, and it, I don't think we even wore the pink one that often. Um, both incredible shirts. We've had so many, and I just think we're just a big shirt printing company now. I think that's like I, the green one. Can't wait for the green one. I'm oh, desperate to get yeah. that one. I'm still getting it, like... I'm getting the way one as well. I mean, the pictures of it don't look great, but as I said, like, I want to see it. Save, saves us wearing a neon bibs on Monday night football when we go play. <laughs> and when you bring the neon bibs out, we just wear our yeah. Arsenal shirts. It's much better. Yeah. I would say, I think that um, it's one of those shirts that feels to me it's going to be iconic. It's going to, it's like, you know, if you look back now, it's how I wouldn't buy that kit five years ago and now you can't get it for love nor money. And it's it's making bags on the, on the eBay. I think that's, oh. that's what that shirt's going to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be awkward if you don't buy it when we've lifted the Champions League title with it. So, you know. All right, we're going to, we're going to save the ideas of grandeur for the next podcast. Chase, <laughs> uh, 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 so, uh, you know, keep up hard to drive for future episodes. Um, really do want to thank anybody that's listened and watched this. Uh, really do thank you for your support. 
And uh, yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed and uh, please do come back for more. Other than that, that's me signing off and Jay signing off too. Thank you very much. Speak to you all again soon. Cheers, Grev. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. Speak to you soon.